Welcome into Gunnison Sports Talk Radio. A little bit different of a setup today. Not able to be on the actual radio, so this is just going to be put out through the recording systems that we have. I'm also going to be putting it out over the anchor stream that I have for Center of Attention, um, my podcast. So there will be plenty of area to be able to try and find this one, listen to this one. Um, It's unfortunate, the circumstances. This is probably going to end up being my last... Um, Gunnison Sports Talk Radio. This is going to be Dom's first and last Gunnison Sports Talk Radio. Dom, my brother, will be filling in um, for the other members of the team. Since we're self-quarantined, we can't really get together as a radio team. Um, But I'm sure this is our second take at this because GarageBand decided to crap out on the last one. I'm sure that Dom, Jordan, and Tyler will pick this up again next year. I'm pretty sure that there's a manager at Quisby who's going to get hired next season and be willing to um, be willing to run the show and, and that kind of thing. Dom's already starting to piss me off because he has the attention span of a three-year-old. Uh, but we're going to talk about some NFL free agency stuff, draft order, who we think will go where, and then we'll just wrap up with some coronavirus protocols that have been released by the different leagues because obviously this is a tough time for sports talk radio. There's only one league right now was running as business as usual, and that's the NFL, and it's their off season, so it doesn't even really matter. But there's no college basketball, which the NCAA tournament was what was coming up this week. There's no NBA basketball playoffs were coming up. There's no NHL hockey, which playoffs were one of the most exciting sporting events I think I've seen in a while watching them last year, and. Um, MLB has been pushed back, so there's not a ton to talk about, but we'll talk about what we can, and I guess we'll start by letting Dom introduce himself to some of the other listeners if they haven't been listening to Gunnison Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, so uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, My name's Dom. I'm Jimmy's little brother, Um, and yeah, like you said, this is the first time that I've been on Sports Talk Radio, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, I've been playing sports pretty much since I could walk so I, I think I can I can help out a little bit but you know we're just gonna see how it goes Dom's a Jets fan because all the other guys on the show we know what teams they pull for um, Tyler's a Broncos fan Rev was a Steelers fan which sucks it's it's the worst that you can be um, Jordan was a Vikings fan because he's from Minnesota and Dom Fletcher was a Lions fan because um, he's from Michigan. So there's a lot of variety going around. Obviously, I'm a Bengals fan, but I was talking to Tyler yesterday. And we'll see where my fandom lies at the end of this week because there's a uh, rumor going around that the Bengals are trying to shop Joe Mixon. And there's also been that rumor that they're trying to shop the first overall pick. And if they do that, then I think I'm just going to open up my fandom portal and decide where else I want to go because I deserve to be enjoying football season, not always hating my life when football season comes around um so first up we have the tennessee titans on sunday they re-signed ryan Tannehill to a four-year 118 million dollar contract extension and the other thing that happened on sunday was the jaguars traded calais campbell um perennial all pro also a denver native i don't Mm -hmm. know if you knew that went to denver south high school um, they traded him to Baltimore for a 2025th round pick. And, um, Clayus Campbell's worth more than a fifth round pick. I, I would agree. I think that that was probably one of the worst 
moves that have happened so far during free agency. Um, I will say this, though. It's a good move by the, the Ravens, right? That's who picked them up because they're mm-hmm. going to just stack that defensive line to complement their explosive offense, in my opinion. Yeah. The only thing that you have to worry about is how old Calais Campbell is. And I know he's been playing for a while. Yeah, he's been playing forever. Um, but still, I mean, even even in his, the back half of his career, I guess, if you really want to call it that, he's... He's been pretty effective. Yeah, he was a sack leader two years ago. Um, he was one of the bigger parts of their defense when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the Eagles, right? He wasn't on the Eagles. Oh, well. Hold on. Is that when he was on the Cardinals? Though? He was on the Cardinals when they went to the NFC Championship. Okay, there you go. He's 34, so it's not as old as I've seen, but also for a defensive tackle who's played for that long, that is fairly old. Um, so I think that's where the Jaguars were kind of seeing that that trade be okay. I also think that the Jaguars have way too much money that they are on the hook for on the books with uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye and um, Nick Foles because they're getting rid of Nick Foles this season. They already, they already traded him somewhere, but I don't remember. I yeah, can't remember what team they went to. But they invested so much money in him last season that that trade kind of put them yeah. in the black anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get we'll probably get to the Nick Foles stuff coming up at some point, but um, I I agree that the Jaguars didn't get the best value for this pick. I think that the Ravens won out of this trade because if you go to Madden, you're probably not going to be able to get Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. No, not even at though all. he's older and and you can tamper with the stats all you want, but I bet you those teams still mm-hmm. still wouldn't take that fifth round pick. So the Jaguars are starting off on the losing end, especially with that trade, and then the Nick Foles deal. That's going to probably leave them with a ton of money still on the books. Then Tannehill re-signing with the Titans. Do you agree with them that they should have signed him for that long? Because he had been okay, I'll say, in Miami. It wasn't great, wasn't terrible, and then came to them, led them to the AFC Championship, but I don't really think that he did anything. It was more of the running game. And um, he was more of just a manager of the game. So the, the four-year, $818 million contract extension, I didn't expect that to go right away. I would have thought that they would have signed him to like a one- or two-year deal, make him prove, prove himself, and then see what they can do. Because they should have learned from Mariota, who was their first, first – he was the second overall pick when they drafted him. It just seems like they're setting themselves up for failure again. I would have thought that Vrabel would have had a better setup than – um, what's been going on for the last few years with the Titans and, and since, you know, Jeff Fisher and all that stuff happened. Yeah, uh, I somewhat agree with you. I don't know if four years was the best option that they could have had, but, I mean, he had been okay in Miami. He, he kind of held it together a little bit. They weren't the great, the greatest team of all time by any stretch. Yeah, and they were also in the same league as or the same division as Brady. So right. That, so that could have that could have played into it a little bit, but also, I mean, last year he he although he you say that he was a manager, he managed the game well. I mean, sure, most of the time all he had to do was turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and let him do his work, which Derrick Henry is a workhorse for for sure, but um I think I think he probably could have gotten a two-year deal in my opinion. Um, kept him around for a little longer, but then again, you got to think about like, oh, after two years, is he really going to want to stay? Like, is he going to be looking for a different, 
opportunity or something like that. So now they have him for four unless they want to try to get out of that contract if, if it ends up not working out. But then we're going to see kind of a similar, similar situation where they're in the black. You think that they're going to have to go after a quarterback this year? The Titans? Yeah. I mean. Because I don't know who they have as their backup. I don't know who they have as a backup either, but it seems like with Tannehill, you might you might want to know who that backup is just in case. Because um, I did see something about Mariota. He's not going to be with the Titans. Yeah, I thought he left. Oh, Nick Foles went to the Bears. Found that in this article. There you go. Let's see. He's going to back up Trubitsky, is that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's going to back up Trubisky because he's better as a backup anyways when he gets the starting job. That's um, true. Graham is asking if we should donate blood. I can't donate blood, so. Yeah, I saw that. Ha! Um, not quite sure where Mariota is gone. The Titans... Let Mariota go to free agency, and Mariota agreed with the Raiders on a new deal. Doesn't say the de- the details of the deal, but he is going to be in Oakland or Las Vegas now. Um, it's going to be a tough division to play quarterback in, I think. I don't think it matters to anybody in that division because they're still all way behind the, the Chiefs. Um, yeah, that's true. It's interesting to see what – I mean, you got to make the moves, in, especially in that division, to try to compete with them. But I mean, you can't, it's almost like you can't make enough in one off season to try and make any any type of step towards it. I mean, the Chiefs are a juggernaut. Yeah, the Chiefs are, I think, the best team in that division for sure, and they're probably going to be in the top half, probably top third of the NFL moving forward. Still, um, it's it's an interesting place to be in because then. The Chiefs were about to lose Chris Jones, who was a really good defensive tackle. They um, franchise tagged him, and I'm pretty sure they signed him to another big deal. So he's going to be in the division for a lot longer. And their defense was what I think got them to the playoffs in the Super Bowl this year because we all knew how good their offense was, and then they stacked up on defense, and they were able to actually stop people. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to score 50 points. They were still scoring 50 points and just beating the crap yeah, out of people. Yeah, because why not? But, I mean, beating the crap out of people a little bit more. It's a lot easier to do that when you know you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk Cousins was re-signed to the Vikings for a two-year contract extension. Interesting. Well, I guess not really because they did make it into the playoffs, and a lot of people were expecting them to be knocked out in the, what, the first round? Yeah, and when we talked to Jordan about the Vikings, he didn't really mind Kirk Cousins. He didn't think that he was the answer per se, but he thought that they would have had some other people around to be able to focus a little bit more. If they signed him, they could focus on other places, but then they also just got rid of their second-best receiver, so now they're taking weapons away from Cousins, so I have no idea what the Vikings are doing. They seem a little bit schizophrenic in their offseason plan. I think their idea is they're going to try to pick somebody new. I mean, obviously obviously the draft's coming up, but I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to think about picking somebody new um, who could potentially be better than, than Diggs. And I think the way that I look at it, Diggs, I mean, yeah, he was a, he was a really good receiver, don't get me wrong, but it was almost like he was a uh, energy vampire in the locker room. They did trade with Buffalo, so they're going to be the 22nd pick. 
It's not terrible. No, and that's normally a decent place to pick receivers. I don't believe in picking receivers in the first round. Um, that's f- for because that's how the league has worked out so far, and also because I got burned by the receiver that we took in the first round, John Ross. Yeah. There's a Schlereth's been telling a pretty funny story because he was talking to some of the Bengals coaches, and apparently the first day of uh, rookie minicamp when John Ross got there. Kirkpatrick was covering him or something, jammed him at the line and almost broke his sternum. And Ross was on the ground for the next two minutes. Like, ah, ah. I was like, oh, great. We wasted the 10th overall pick on you. Nice. Um, speaking of Bengals wide receivers, A.J. Green got the franchise tag. So we'll see if he's going to stay hurt for the next year. He's never going anywhere. Yeah, uh, we'll see. If That makes me a little bit more okay with the Bengals draft because I think if they're keeping him around that's probably for a young quarterback to make sure that he still has a perennial target. Okay, well who do you think they're going to be taking? Burrow. See, I've seen multiple projections saying that they're going to skip over Burrow and the the Dolphins are going to be the one to pick up Burrow. But then who would they be getting if they skipped over Burrow? I don't know. I can't remember who who, because it seemed like it was the same two people. I think I looked at five different mock drafts. It seemed like it was the same two people. But it's it said that number one was going to be somebody, and then it got to number five. I think is what Miami has, and it said Burrow goes to Miami. Those all five of those was had that, that one same. of the was that one of the mock drafts that people are saying he's going to Eli the Bengals, because if that is, then that's not credible because there's no way he's going to Eli the Bengals. He had he doesn't have the leverage to. There's um, no other quarterback that anybody's going to want to take. I understand that. And since you have the number one overall pick, I mean, it's kind of like a draft day situation. You have the number one overall pick, you have the golden boy. I know I'm referencing a movie that's almost completely made up, but you have the golden boy who you can pick at quarterback. There's nobody in front of you to stop you. Why wouldn't you, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I mean, Chase Young is probably... Comparable. If you want to go based off of that movie, he's comparable to the defensive end that they were going to get. But I also don't think Chase Young, if you're going for a leadership standard, I don't think Chase Young is the person. Because in the postseason and when he came back from his suspension, he was a completely different player. He was a game wrecker in the first half of the season. Uh, 16 and a half sacks in 12 games. But That's only the first half, though, right? You're not talking about the entire game? Well, he only played in 12 games the entire season. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure 10 of those 16 and a half, or probably a little bit more, were from the beginning of the season. I don't think that he's got his head in the right place, and I don't think at this point you're going to not just pick um, – you're not just going to pick Burrow for the talent that he has at quarterback because he's only done it for a, a season in the bowl game. Um but you're trading, you're picking Burrow so that you have some sort of leadership, and it's more of a get-in-your-face type leadership because Andy Dalton, I think, has been the leader on the Bengals, but he's such a nice, happy-go-lucky guy. I don't think he's willing to get in anybody's face to make them good. Burrow reminds me a little bit of Palmer where he's going to be able to go up against the management of the team and make them do what they need to do to be good. Right, and I guess I do agree with you that Andy Dalton hasn't been hasn't been the leader that he that the Bengals needed in the last couple of years. Back in what 2014 when they were undefeated for 2015. 2015 when they when they had that long undefeated. Stri- I mean, it seemed like there were four or five different teams during that year who they were it. 10 and 0 until they went to Arizona and then lost to Arizona. There you go. But um, I mean, and then lost in the 
wild card round of the playoffs. That was the An- Antonio Brown hit from Fontes. It's almost like uh, after that year, Andy Dalton lost just lost his confidence for whatever reason. Um, but, I, I mean, I said it before and I'll say it again. We're just going to have to wait and see if uh, Burrow turns out like uh, a Lamar Jackson who, you know, is really, really... He's not going to be a Lamar Jackson. No, he's not going to... I'm not saying he's going to be a you know this insanely mobile quarterback or anything like that, but I'm saying where he played well in college and then he was able to take it into the NFL or if he ends up like a Tim Tebow where there's all this hype around him, he kind of gets lost in it, and then he ends up being a flop in the NFL. We just got to see. And I'm hoping it's the, the former of the two, but, I mean, that that's... It's a lot more difficult to do something like that than everybody seems to think. It's not like you just show up every day, you, you get this giant paycheck, and you just do whatever you do. For whatever reason, the jump between college and, and the NFL seems to take a lot of people out. Um, and maybe it is because of that giant number that they're playing that they're playing for now instead of just team pride or school pride or whatever. But it's also a learning of the game because it is a lot different. And then you're a pro. Being a pro, you don't have to go to school anymore during the day. It's football 24-7, which I think works in Burroughs' favor because he finished his degree like two semesters ago. So he was on the nip, nip yeah. thing where it was a – oh, it's a underwater basket weaving at 10, and, and then, then you I get to go to the football today. complex yeah. and watch film and learn and study. So I think that that will help. That's I'm optimistic, hopefully. Tell you what, he – if that is truly, I didn't know that he f- finished his degree that early. But if he was a graduate transfer from I, Ohio State, I knew that he was a graduate transfer, but I wasn't sure exactly what he was doing. Um, but I mean, if he's been doing that for the last however, you know, last year, or whatever, then he's used to it. Maybe he he will be able to keep that going into the NFL. But you know, there's it, a lot of things that have been saying that he was just going into Joe Brady's office, who proved himself as probably the best offensive coordinator in college football. Um, and I think that's a great person to have a year and a half just learning from sitting there and watching film in his office. Mm, yeah, if you had the choice, that'd be for sure him. Moving on now, Derrick Henry and Dak Prescott both got franchise tags before they hit free agency. Dak Prescott's is exclusive, so um, normally with the franchise tag, there's a certain amount of time that you get that nobody else can talk to him, and then it'll open back up to free agency, but I believe with the exclusive free agent tag or the exclusive franchise tag, there's no free agency at any point. I think it buys the Cowboys another year. Um, who do you think is going to get paid before each other, though? Dak Prescott or Derrick Henry? Because with the way that the league is treating running backs, um, and when I talk to Rev about Austin's contract, it's a good contract, especially for his situation. But with the amount of production that he had last year, probably could have got a little bit more. But the league doesn't value running backs as much as they have in the past. So who do you think is going to get paid? And do you think that Dak's going to stay with the Cowboys, or do you think that Derek is going to stay with the Titans, more likely? More likely, I'd say that Derek is going to try to stay with the Titans. I think because of the success that they had last uh, season, it seemed like it was all of a sudden. But because of that amount of success that they, that they saw, and uh, I mean, they have they have really young receivers too. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they got the Titans. Yeah, uh, they have AJ Brown, who was their um, rookie, 
Yeah, they don't really have – I don't remember who else they have. I know they have Delaney Walker at tight end, who's pretty good. Okay. They well, have Roger Saffold and Taylor DeWan on the left side, so they can always run to the left. And I would tell you, based off of those names that you just said, I would – I would, if I was Derek Henry, I would be wanting to stay with the Titans just because of the amount of talent, not only that, but the amount of – like, they've been working together for a while. So he knows the system. He can stay uh, and, and do exactly what he was doing. Um, the, la- the last season and just kind of keep moving forward, I think he would probably be the one to get paid first. But do I think that he's going to get the amount that he really deserves? I, I mean, I don't know. Um, that'd be interesting to see. But out of the two of them, I think he's going to get paid first. And I think what would be best for the Cowboys organization is if they were able to open up their, their um, quarterback position and have Dak leave. He's been good for them, don't get me wrong, but I think at some point you just got to have a little bit of a change, and I think that would be... You don't think the little bit of a change came when they got um, Mike McCarthy instead of Jason Garrett? Well, you see, Dak's been with uh, Jason Garrett since he got into the league, though, so he might be... He might be uh, kind of set in those old ways. I guess it'd be interesting to see if they do keep him around what happens with Mike McCarthy. But in my opinion, I think it might be time. Uh, and it's not it's not anything against Dak. I mean, like I said, he's been, he's been really good for them, but at some point you just got to change. And so I think that does, might be a big change. If he does leave Dallas, where do you think he ends up going? Well, I would have to look at who has... Uh, quarterback position, That's possibly the Chargers because the Chargers just lost Phillip and they don't have a, really a backup. Uh, I mean, maybe there. I don't. I mean, I don't know about that one. But the other one, I mean, I would tell you possibly he could come here to Denver, um, but they got Drew Locke, and, and I we think just signed. They just signed Jeff, Dr- Jeff Driscoll. Okay, I didn't know about so that, but so he's then, their backup now. That um, one's set. Maybe Tennessee be a backup, but he's also going to want a lot more money than a backup. Yeah, he's going to get. I think wherever he goes, he's going to easy. Wherever he goes, needs would have to have a uh, starting QB position open. Carolina or at least have there. Yeah, there. That might be. That might actually be a pretty good fit, Carolina. Um, but Possibly Detroit too, because Detroit's been talking about getting rid of Stafford. Okay, that'd be interesting. Well, I mean, he is injury prone, and uh, I don't think Dom Fletcher was actually open to the idea of them getting rid of him. So I think that could be a possible landing point as well. Yeah, I know, but he—I mean, for you know, however long I've been watching football, that's that's who's been the quarterback for them, and that'd be that'd be interesting. This is, I mean, kind of an odd statement to make, but like with Philip Rivers going to the Colts and. Eli Manning retiring and all those different things. Like, this is a completely different NFL. If Tom Brady would have retired, you would have oh, had I would to have crawl been. up in the corner and suck on your binky. What? Oh, because it'd be so different? Like, yeah. the Jets actually might have a chance? Yeah. It's going to be like the 90s where the Jets actually do have a chance to win the division. Um, the Browns are some are interesting because I think that they've made some really good moves, and I didn't think that they were going to after they got rid of John Dorsey, who's the guy that built up their roster and, and got them to the, their six-win season, which was incredible that they got that far. But they signed Austin Hooper 
from the Falcons um, for a four-year, $44 million deal. He's the highest-paid tight end in the NFL. They also have David Njoku from Miami. That's yeah. there for uh, at, at, uh, at tight end. I just saw this, that the Ravens let go of Hayden Hurst and traded him to the Falcons for a fourth-rounder and fourth rounder um fourth to second and a fifth for the Falcons but Hayden Hurt I mean I think that the the NFC North probably has the best tight ends in the game with uh Njoku and now Hooper Hayden Hurst was one of them for the Ravens and also uh Mark Andrews um that's an interesting move for the Ravens to make because Lamar Jackson can't throw to receivers, and Hayden Hurst was one of those big tight ends that he can always find in the open field. True. You are taking away one of his weapons, but... Eric Armstead got a five-year, $85 million deal from San Francisco to stay there. Hmm. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, interesting that the Buccaneers signed Jason Pierre-Paul when they're still having to figure out... Oh, that's... They did that because, never mind, never mind. I'm mixed up on the different Shaqs around the league. But the Buccaneers are trying to re-sign Shaq Barrett. But in doing that, they also just signed JPP to a two-year, $27 million deal. Um, I would have stuck with the younger Shaq Barrett, who was the sack leader in the league last year, over a guy like JPP who only has half of one hand. And... uh, Played well on the Giants when they won the Super Bowl, but he hasn't really played all that great afterwards. Halapuilavitai, offensive tackle, is going to the Lions. I just wanted to try and say that name. Um, Graham Glasgow went to the Browns. Browns are starting to build up their offensive line a little bit. Uh, yeah, Browns are making some... Case some Keenum moves. is their backup quarterback now behind Baker, which I don't know how you feel about, but I'm actually interested in into that. Um, I, mean, I, I think that I think that's going to be an interesting setup. Um, I mean, although, like, sneakily, the, the Browns have been making some pretty good moves this last offseason. So, uh... It's going to be interesting to see. I wonder if having a, a decent backup like Case Keenum is going to possibly help Baker out a little bit. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but, you know, it seemed like the Browns were, you know, <laughs> you saw a little bit of a light last year. And now with all these different moves, maybe, maybe you're going to get that season that the Browns' hands have been wanting for – you know, the last decade. Yeah. Um, they also signed another offensive lineman, but I can't find his name. Um, so I think that they're in a decent situation. And I think not having – they should just refocus on football and not doing the million-and-a-half commercials that they did last year because I think that was their big problem. Yeah, but those commercials are hilarious. Just keep running them. Don't have to redo them. Just keep running them. Um, Kyle Van Oy. Left New England, and he's going to the Dolphins. Yeah, had to hear about that one. Um, talked about Mariota going to the Raiders. Talked about the Diggs trade. 
Mari Cooper intends to re-sign to the Cowboys on a deal worth $100 million, five years, $100 million, and $60 million guaranteed. That's a mistake. That is a mistake and a half. Because he was... In their biggest games this past season, he wasn't even... He was on the field, but he might as well have not been on the field. He was terrible in their biggest moments. Um, he wasn't even the best receiver in his division. The NFC East. Um, who are the other big receivers in the NFC East? Because it's the Cowboys, Giants, um, Eagles. Eagles had Deshaun Jackson at the beginning of the season, but he got hurt. And uh, Redskins. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that he was the best receiver in his division, and no. I think that's a hell of a contract to give not the best receiver in the division. Um, Blake Martinez is going to the Giants, which will be decent for them. The Giants still have a lot of building to do, I think. I don't think that they're going to be back to where they were um, for a while. I agree. Drew Brees re-signed with the Saints. Brady is going to the Bucks, And then you also have Bridgewater now going to Carolina. So the NFC South all of a sudden has three really good quarterbacks. And that's going to make that division a little bit more interesting than it has been in the past. I mean, four technically. I think Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. I just don't quite know. Um, I just don't quite know how Matty he's going to work out. Matty Ice still uh, recovering a little bit from that 28-3 deficit, you think? Wow, you had to bring it up. I huh? had to. I had to. <laughs> um, ooh, Jason Witten's going to oh, to Las Vegas. One year, $4.75 million. Brian Balaga is going to the Chargers. The Packers let Balaga go. Oof. That's not going to be good for them. Philip Rivers is going to the Colts on a one-year and $25 million deal. you think he's going to be a backup or a starter? Because they already had Brissett. I think they might try to put him into that starting role and let Brissett kind of work in a little bit possibly, especially during the preseason. Um, but I think, I mean, when you got a guy like Philip Rivers who's had so much experience, 16 seasons, something like that. 16 kids. 16 kids too. Yeah, one for every season, you know. Um, but it, when you have a guy like that who's got that much experience, has seen some success, uh, it's almost – I would be surprised if they put him in the backup role. I would be really surprised, at least at least to start out with. If he starts to struggle because it is a – it's a little bit different of a division, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, he's going to – AFC team. South from the AFC West. It's a little bit of a change. But I think it's going to be a better change than um, staying here. Um, so I think he might do a little. I think he might do well, actually. But After as awful as he played last season, I don't think that he was going to get the starting job because well, he was bad last season. He, yeah, but I, in my opinion, like I said, he's got all that experience. At the very, I mean, it could be that they keep Preset as the starter and then just have him kind of be. Um, a mentor on the sideline, uh, like they did with um, Daniel Jones and uh, Pey- or uh, not Peyton, Eli Manning last year, um, which seemed to work out decently well. Uh, Daniel Jones had a, a pretty decent rookie year, 
Um, but I, I really don't know if they're going to do that with Phil Rivers. I mean, they paid a lot of money for him to, to go there. I don't think they paid him. I mean, one year, $25 million. $25 million in a year is, to me, if you're bringing him in there for, well, I don't know, $25 million would tell me that they're possibly looking at him as a starter, but only bringing him in for one year also would mean to me that they might just be looking for a mentor. I mean, in that same division, the Titans just had a backup quarterback who was the number two overall pick. And a backup quarterback in Jacksonville who was uh, like a $60 million man. After Minshew came in and was really good, I think he's just there as a fail-safe, honestly. I don't see him really being the guy in Indianapolis. I think it's just a way for him to get out of Los Angeles. Um, your Jets signed Connor McGovern, three-year, $27 million deal, $18 million fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It's a big contract for a center. Yeah, really big contract for, for a center. center that honestly I don't think is that good. He's decent, but he's not the best. That's like a that's what I would pay Kelsey. That's not what I'd pay Connor McGovern. Yeah, I think the the contract is huge, <laughs> obviously. But uh, you know, I also I'm not I'm not. Does it make you feel good as a Jets fan? I mean. I, I really did like um, God hold on I gotta I gotta try to think of his name I really did like um, this is where you need to keep talking in radio I know I'm trying I'm trying to look it up right now I can't remember do 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 all right, pulling up the roster right now. I feel like I should know this. This is probably it's probably not a good. Uh, um, How deep is your fandom? I mean, you are wearing a jet shirt. I am wearing a jet shirt right now. That is about two sizes too small. I remember that he was number sixty-seven. Check it and see. It's probably not going to be on the roster if he got. I'm looking at the 2019 roster. I, th- I mean, I would think. Never mind. I'm thinking of Brian Winters. I did like our old center. Um, I can't seem to find his name. However, it's I know that he. I know that it was the guy from the Panthers. Khalil. Yeah, the Ryan Khalil. Wow, I can't. You should have just said that. I know I should have just said that. I didn't. I wouldn't even had to had have had to use the musical interlude. We'll see what happens. I think that they need a lot more help on their offensive line. They do. But the division is now wide open. Because who's yeah. the best team in the AFC East now that the Patriots don't have Brady? Well, you don't Bills. know. Well, yeah, okay, the Bills. But, I mean, that leaves at least – if let's say you play the Bills tough, but you end up losing. It's kind of – Do you split the season series or do you go 0-2? Let's, let's say you split the season series. Okay. That would be – I mean, you're it's gonna end essentially up being, You tied. remember when Favre was the quarterback for the Jets? Yeah. That's going to end up being the situation most likely and you if know, the Bills don't stay on their path. But they just got Stephon Diggs. That's true. They have Cole Beasley. They have a lot of good receivers. Their defense was loaded last yeah, year. Yeah. I am not putting – I'm not putting my early prediction them. for AFC's champion. And you know what? I – being a fan of a team in the AFC East, even though it hates, I, I hate having to say this. You're not even the best team in New York. 
I hate you. <laughs> it's but, okay. I'm not even the best team in Ohio. No, you're not. That's the sad thing. But I would I would have to agree um, saying that as of right now, the team to beat in the AFC East is the Bills. We'll see what happens with the Patriots. Uh, if they can get the, you know, the right replacement, if there is anybody that could possibly replace Tom Brady, um, I guess we'll see what happens. And possibly they just continue rolling over everybody. But they did have Jared Stidham, and uh, um, but is he Brady though? Carl Aletta. They've been playing under Brady for the last two years. Yeah, they've been playing under Brady, but there's a different. I mean, I guess you could make look it. At you could make an argument look at for his Garoppolo. Backups. You could make an argument for Garoppolo. I get that. Garoppolo and Brissett. When Brady was suspended for four games, did they go undefeated? Right, they didn't go undefeated. They went three and one. But yeah. Garoppolo won the first three, and Brissett was very close to winning the fourth. I don't. Think I hate that you had to bring that up because now that makes me worried about the Patriots again. I'm not worried about. I wouldn't worry about the Patriots, but I have to worry about the Patriots. But I don't think if you're gonna go with the debate of was it Brady or was it Belichick, I think that Belichick had the best coaching system in place for anybody. I think yeah, anybody you could have put anybody in there. It just so they wouldn't have been as Tom Brady. It wouldn't have been as dominant for 20 years, but I do think that they would have won with anybody, and I think that they're. Going to try and prove that they could win with anybody yeah, I have to this year. Bring up too, because we missed out on him too. Well, I mean, you didn't miss out on him. He just decided that he didn't want to go with you. I know, but still a sore subject. It's been a sore subject for the last twenty years, mm-hmm. and longer than I've been alive. Just in case anybody was. What do you think about Gase? better than the old guy I'll say that but I mean first year right not not too bad um, I would say that this second year that it, now that he's kind of gotten the rhythm it might be a little bit better um, I don't know I guess we'll just have to see uh, I I have all the confidence now after the improvements that they've made last year um, that would tell me that I mean, I'd be surprised if they go down again. I think that they're on their way up. Um, it's not going to be a one-year fix. not going to be a two-year fix. But I think this season will at least have a little bit more success than we did even last season. So that's my political answer for you. Okay. And now I'm going to go to the Broncos just because they're the local team. Ended up getting Jarrell Casey yesterday for a seventh-round pick which is a great deal for them. But they did lose um, Chris Harris Jr. He's going to the Chargers, so he's even staying in division. Yeah, that one's going to hurt a little bit. And they did sign Jeff Driscoll, so they're kind of in the same situation as they were. A lot of people are saying that they need to go receiver. Uh, Henry Ruggs, the guy that ran like the 427 or whatever 40, is who a lot of people are expecting them to pick. Of the draft prospects that I think that they'd be able to get, because right now they are 15th, I don't think they're going to trade up. Jedrick Willis, tackle from Alabama, is not a bad choice. Um, I think C.D. Lamb might be around. It's actually Jerry Judy that is the uh, receiver that they think is going to be there. The 
Broncos. AJ Espenza <coughs> might be there. Edge rusher from Iowa. Um, Andrew Thomas is also another tackle from Georgia that could be pretty good for them. I don't think that Herbert is going to be on their um, board. Tristan Wirfs is also another one. Tristan Wirfs had the best combine of um, anybody, any of the offensive linemen this year. A lot of people are saying that he's 6'5", 320. What? Uh, the Broncos just signed Melvin Gordon. Really? Hmm. So that's – I just – found that on my Instagram feed. That's interesting because now there's been the debate going around of whether or not Philip Lindsay's the number one running back. Well, He doesn't have to be the number one running back anymore. Melvin Gordon can be your bell cow. Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, you got to keep him in the loop. But that was a two-year, $16 million deal that the Broncos just made uh, an hour ago, according to NFL on Instagram. Yeah. I think it's a good move for them because now they can get rid of Royce Freeman or Devontae Booker, one of their two running backs that are kind of just holding everybody back at this point. And then did we already talk about Chris Wormley going to the Steelers? No, but I don't really know who Chris Wormley is. Well, I don't know who it is either. Andrew Whitworth signed a huge deal for as old as he is. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Three-year I Three-year, $37.5 million deal with 12.5 guaranteed. That's good for the Rams, keeping around their offensive leader, even though they should have kept around Saffold a couple years ago because he went to Tennessee and was just mauling people. Yeah. Um, I think that's as big. Uh, obviously, Brady going to the Buccaneers. Um, do you think that the Bucks are now a contender? They were okay with Jameis last year, and Jameis couldn't see the linebackers, so there's that. Um, but that's still a really deep division. That's probably the best division in football at this point. I guess we're going to see whether or not it was Brady or or Belichick or both now, because we're going to see how we're going to see how Brady does without Bill. And this is what I want: if the Bengals don't make the Super Bowl. I would like it to be um, Tampa Bay and New, and New England. Have Brady go up against Belichick in the Super Bowl. That would be compelling television. It would. That'd be an, that'd be an interesting game to see. Um, might might get a little uh, personal, potentially. I guess. Because I don't. I mean. I don't think Belichick ever wanted to get rid of Brady, and he yes, did. he did. Really? Belichick wanted to get rid of Brady since they traded Garoppolo. But why? Why? He, because he knows that – You did you ever hear any of the stories about how Bill Walsh handled his players and how he'd rather get rid of you one year early than one year late? Belichick subscribes to the same theory, and he was right about Brady because Brady's play has gone down. They were only in the playoffs last year because of their defense. Um, but he had brought in Garoppolo in the first place to be the heir apparent and wanted to make that move and make that switch after one of the seasons where they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. And Robert Kraft told him, ha, no, we'll trade Garoppolo, we're keeping Brady. So Belichick's wanted this to happen for a while. Um... I think, I mean, we just did 45 minutes of 
talk on the NFL when we said we we're going to talk about all sports. So now we will switch over. And this is not going to be as fun to talk about because it's the coronavirus stuff, and I don't think anybody wants to talk about it. But um, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, did make a statement. NBA season is not lost, per se, as it stands now. He does think that it's this NBA season is suspended and it's planning on at least a 30-day suspension. But at this point, he made a statement saying, even if we're out a month or if we're out six weeks, we can still restart the season. It might mean the finals take place in July or late July. Just my feeling was it was way too premature to suggest we had lost the season. So he didn't want to say that the season was over forever. Um, the season is now just going to probably pick up and uh, we'll have the NBA playoffs in a little bit later time period than the uh, they normally are. So what do you think about the way that most of these leagues are handling the coronavirus and having to pause stuff and all that? Because the NHL is also paused. I think the NHL came out and said that when they do start up, they'll just start with the playoffs right away, which is good for us as Avalanche fans because the Avalanche were number two. In the, they're not going to be able to move up and pass the Blues, but they are still in the playoffs. And they'd be number two, so they'd have home ice until the finals, which I hope that they make it to. Um, and then the MLB has rescheduled their regular season games to start April 9th, which they were originally scheduled for March 26th. So overall... Two weeks... Other than the fact that we don't get the NCAA wrestling tournament or the NCAA basketball tournament, is this the best case scenario for the other sports leagues, just pausing it at this point and then seeing if they can come back? Yeah, I mean, you don't really have a choice whether or not you're going to pause. Um, that's been made abundantly clear. And especially when Abundantly clear? Clear. No. What, it, what is wrong? Anyways. Um, especially having... Serrano free and clear. What is that? What? But having all those thousands of people in the same place at the same time with this going on, when we don't fully know the extent of it, um, is is not a good idea, and that would open them up to potential lawsuits and all that different stuff. So it makes sense. Turns out that the NBA had a bigger coronavirus problem than we th- realized. Yeah, I've been seeing a bunch of NBA players are testing positive and all that different stuff. But, I mean, they made the right decision, uh, and then based off of that decision, the best case scenario was just having to pause, so... Right now, yes, we are in the best case scenario, but uh, I don't know. I don't know because they've scheduled them out long enough to kind of give them a, a little bit, of, a little bit of time to figure out what's going on. But is that enough time? I don't know. Are they gonna let everything resume by then? I don't know. Um, Shh, Rambo. It's gonna be interesting. Um, as of right now, all all of my spring college stuff is moved online. I don't I don't have any football. Um, other than has online football told meetings. you what they're gonna do? Just meetings. Online meetings and potentially still install stuff, but we can't have practice and we can't all go and um, work out together or anything like that. They closed the gym for obvious reasons and. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, that's kind of where we're sitting, which is not a fun place to be, um, but it it is what it is, Um, and we just kind of all got to band together and wait to see what happens. 
So, with the NBA as it is now, in the standings, three teams in the East have clinched their playoff spots, the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Celtics. Um, the Lakers clinched their playoff spot in the West, and then the Clippers, Nuggets, and Jazz are the other top four teams in the Western Conference. Um, have you had you been paying attention to basketball at all? You're not a huge basketball fan. I'm not a huge basketball fan. I've started paying more attention, uh, I guess, when everything started. Um, just more because I wanted to see what they were going to do. Uh, I mean, I know that I know that the Lakers have been dominant to say the least. Um, I hadn't really been paying that close of attention in the East, uh, and I didn't really. I mean, I, I've watched the Nuggets a couple times, maybe, but that was about it. The Nuggets are fairly disappointing. I'll just tell you that because um, they were top two in the West and had the opportunity to maybe make a push for their number one seed, but um, they end up playing a lot to their competition, so if they're playing a really good team, they'll play really good, um, except for the last couple because they got smacked by the Clippers before the pause happened and, and by the Lakers. And the Clippers, I think, was in Denver. Um, it was. That was embarrassing. Yeah, so they're a little bit disappointing in that regard. For the NHL playoffs, as it stands now... Boston is number one in the... We'll go by conference because that's how they really judge things. Boston's number one in the East. They have 100 points. Tampa Bay has 92. Washington is three. Philadelphia is four. And Pittsburgh is is five. And that's really close with Pittsburgh and Philadelphia only being separated by three points. And then the Western Conference for the NHL. Avs are two in the West behind the Blues by two points. And uh, that's a tough matchup because they haven't been able to play each other. But for as long, because the Avalanche were just on that huge, like, 10-game winning streak or whatever, and the Blues were on their 14-game winning streak. So as well as the Avalanche were playing, the Blues were playing just as good. And that kind of sucks for um, Avalanche fans because they were wasting pretty much their best hockey. Not wasting it because it does matter. Um, And now they've separated themselves enough because there was a, they were close to losing the second seed to Dallas, which would have it was like a five point split between second and fifth seed. And if they were the fifth seed, they have no home ice no matter what. And if they were the second seed, they get home ice to the conference finals. They've kind of separated. They've separated themselves enough now to where they're four points ahead of Vegas and five or four points ahead of Vegas, seven points ahead. Rocky, don't. Rocky, lay down. Like I said, I knew we were going to have some sort of interruption. Um, they're seven points ahead of Edmonton and eight points ahead of Dallas. So they're now firmly in the fact that they're going to have home ice because the, when the NHL comes back, they're just starting the playoffs, which is good. Um it's really funny to see how far San Jose has fallen, though, because they're the last team in the West. And Detroit, I know that you hate Detroit as an Avalanche fan. They are having a historically bad season. Through 71 games, they are 17-49. and 49. Oh. They have 39 points on the season. That's music to my ears, Jimmy. Their differential is minus 122. Ooh. <laughs> That's as bad as I've seen That's in a long, awful. long time. Oh. I hate... I. I hate the the Red Wings, but I do kind of like to see them do well so that the 
Avalanche can beat them in meaningful games, but I'll take a historically bad season like that. What about the Blackhawks? How do they know? Chicago. 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 Chicago's on the list? I guess they are. Through 70 games, they're 32-30. and 30, 72 points on the season. Which is not good. Well out of the playoff picture. Let's just put it that way. Because with 72 points, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. They are 6 points out of the 8th seed, and there's also 1, 2, 3 teams ahead of them that would probably move into the 8th seed before they got there. Calgary's in the playoffs. I hated Calgary from last year's opening round of the playoffs. When they played the Avalanche, I just didn't think that they... I didn't like them at all. Matthew Kachuk, or Brady Kachuk, whatever his name is, he he can go do some not-so-nice things. Um, Yeah, Kachuk. Uh, Anything else that you wanted to talk about sports-wise? I know this is your first kind of like sports... Technically sports talk radio thing or, or whatever's going on here. But anything else that you wanted to bring up? Uh, I mean, not not necessarily. Uh, the main thing that I wanted to get into was the NFL and free agency. Um, and obviously we did that. Um, it was interesting to talk about the NHL a little bit. I, I didn't know that they had decided when they were coming back it was just going to be playoffs. I'm really excited about that because... NHL playoffs are the best playoffs in pro sports. That's a bold statement to make, but I'm going to have to back you on that. I mean, uh, yeah. What's it's better? The most, it's the most exciting. Like you said, when we were watching it last year, it was the most excited I've been for playoffs in a while. What other sport can you say doesn't rely on home field advantage as much as the hockey playoffs do? Because in NHL playoffs, home ice matters, but it really didn't. The first seeds in both conferences last year got beat in the first round, so home ice didn't matter there. I mean, you could try to argue baseball, supposedly. No, but I don't think so. I think baseball definitely relies on home field advantage. Uh, it's depends. normally the guys, normally the teams that have home field make it to the championships, and yeah. everything except for the NHL. I mean, that's fair, but the I Blues mean, were the eighth seed last year. I know, and they came all the way through to win it. Mm-hmm. And and you watch that game for a reason. Well, what they ended up beating them by like four or five goals. Something. Yeah, like that. the the last game was pretty bad. But that, that second to last game. <laughs> well, the second game they got beat ten to one. Yeah, but I'm talking the second to last game in the series. They the, got beat by like four or five goals in that one too. No. Yeah. No, I thought it was a lot closer than that. It was. I mean, it was exciting. No, the the Blues way. had the chance to close out the series in the second to last game, and then ended up getting pounded in that one. By the Bruins, oh, and then God. came back and won in Boston. Yeah, I remember that. That's that was insane. But I mean, there's nothing else that I can really think of. The USC's canceled everything, right? So pretty much. Um, hopefully, we still get Ferguson and uh, Khabib. I don't. I doubt that's gonna happen. Right now, they're all in closed training camp, so they're not gonna get the coronavirus. I would honestly just like to see them fight. I don't need a card around them. You just want to see them in a street fight? No. I want to, want to see them in the sanctioned UFC event. I just don't need the co-main event or any of the other fights oh. that are scheduled on the card. That fight is probably... Did you watch the hype video that I sent you? Because uh, the UFC has been making some really good hype videos, especially about the fight, a fight like that that is going to be that huge. It's probably the most competitive fight in UFC since. history since 
probably Jones Gustafson won. Oh, I thought you were going to say Chuck Tito. I was like, ah. That's no, Chuck a- Tito was never a competitive fight. Competitive fight? Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, hyped. I mean, there's been bigger hyped fights since then, too. Chuck Tito's kind of old school. Chuck yeah. Tito, too, happened in the tap-out era. Yeah. Um, the Zufa. Presented I think, by Zufa. I think Khabib is going to lose to Tony. I think Tony beats Khabib. He's the first one to take out the Russian bear. I've said I've said that on a multiple different radio shows, and I said it on the podcast with Rev. I do think Tony is going to beat Khabib. It's not a popular opinion, and I think a lot of people are laughing me at laughing at me for it. I talk a lot, okay? <laughs> Every now and then, words just kind of run together. Um, hopefully that still happens. If that does happen, I'm going to try and... And get it at some point. Be able to watch that. Let's go down to... Oh, man. None of the restaurants are open. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Didn't think about that. You can order wings in and act like we're at a sports bar. But uh, I also can't drink. And I won't be able to drink. Actually, by the time that fight comes around, Lent will be over. Um, be sure, because this is coming out before your podcast episode. So check out... Center of Attention, we just released an episode yesterday with a whole bunch of people on it. It uh, unfortunately has the metronome in the background because I was rushing the post-production stuff, so don't judge me on that. It's still a pretty fun episode to listen to. I got through it yesterday. Um, Dom's episode is coming out next Thursday. Follow Dom on Twitter at Dom Pilato, Instagram at Dom Pilato 63 TikTok at Dom Pilato 63 <laughs> Um, He's going to be playing for Northern Colorado, so if you're in Greeley or if you enjoy Northern Colorado football, be sure to be looking out for him. Let's go, guys. And um, follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Pilato. You can follow, um, well, I I would say follow the Gunnison Sports Talk radio page, but I'm not going to be running that for too much longer. Still check it out to make sure that they're doing this. So that's at KWSB Sports on Twitter. Um, and you can please follow my center of attention Twitter page for the podcast at COAPod73. That's all caps. That's where I put out um, all the different um, podcast episodes. If I have behind the scenes stuff, that's where I'll put it out as well. And we have a versus battle coming up on Dom's episode. That's where I'll put the poll out to vote on the versus battle. Um, yeah, and then just. Make sure everybody stays safe. This is a weird time for most people. Not a lot of people have lived through a pandemic. But I think that if we just stay safe and stay sane, we should be able to come out on the other side of this thing pretty good. Um, But I think that's going to be it for this episode of Gunnison Sports Talk Radio. Thank you guys for listening. Um, This will be put on both the Gunnison Sports Talk Radio uh, SoundCloud page and it will also be put out through the center of attention page so it'll be available on all platforms soundcloud spotify itunes um, stitcher Castbox, google chrome chrome podcasts all that stuff so with that for myself jimmy pilato and dom pilato thank you for listening and uh, i guess we'll see you guys wherever else i end up because this is the last gunnison sports talk radio episode